0: Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Here we go. Another Dominion Sonship Live. Welcome, welcome, welcome. The Lord is so amazing and it always amazes me because the mind of Christ is inexhaustible. In the mind of Christ, the word of God is revealed. In the mind of Christ are the very mysteries of this truth. And and it's amazing how he's really unveiling his word to us, unveiling the grandness of his plan for us, unveiling really who he is, that God is love. And so today the message, the title that he gave me, And how he broke it down is not how I would have maybe of myself looked at it. But this is, this is it. Here we go. I felt like there was this huge whirlwind of the Lord and I was to step in and then catch his thoughts. And in that moment of the, the the center of that typhoon or the whirlwind, there would be perfect peace and I'll catch, I'll catch his thoughts. So here we are. I'm really, endeavoring to walk in the water looking unto Jesus and we're gonna make it. The title is the roar of the Holy Spirit. When we talk about a roar, when we talk about a roar, we, we talk about a key we talk about a movement that is precise, that is forceful, that is, that is, that is warlike. A roar is to be taken note of. A roar, uh, a lion roaring makes your hair stand. I mean, a roar is substantial. A substantial sound and and the roar of the Holy Spirit. What the Lord said to me in my private moment of prayer is the love of God. The roar by which He roars to us, the line of the tribe of Judah. Judah. The way that a roar comes about is you are loved. That there's no stronger communication. There's no stronger declaration of victory. There's no stronger declaration of triumph than I am loved. And so today we are love children. We are a love child. We're a token of his love. And if there is anything that you are to know about Jesus is that he is loved. We can get so doctrinally correct and and break down this verse with that verse and that verse and, and really miss the whole thought of God, the whole reality of God, that He is love, that He is for us, that He loves me, that while I was yet a sinner, He died for me. Can we even comprehend that? And so here we come in our new birth in Christ and we now want to clean up It's like we even know what we're messing up on. I don't even know many times what I've messed up. I just have to trust God to lead me. The He'll clean up what needs to be cleaned up. The He'll rearrange what needs to be rearranged. And we know that is the work of the Holy Spirit because we are led in a transformation by a mind renewal. And so unless your mind is renewed, you won't even know where you're messing up, tripping up. Fouling up. You won't know. And I can tell you the core of all these trip-ups, foul-ups, mess-ups is a lack of a revelation of I am loved. Because when you believe that you are loved, it, there is a peace, there is an assurance of you're gonna make it. When you know you're loved growing up in the family, or 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 when when in that romantic love of with your partner when when you're in that in that love you, you there is a safety there there is a no fretting there is no striving there there's not trying to prove my point and reject his point it is like you you're hanging for every word he says you, you there is just something about the love of God that we see slight demonstrations off in in a family relationship in a in a spousal relationship and even those are just tokens Because the agape love of God is non-compromising. The agape love of God loves you where you're at. The agape love of God is non-condemning. The agape love of God is freedom to know I am loved. Just the way I am right now, in this moment, in this moment, right now, every moment, every self, my being is loved by my Father, and He's acknowledging me through love. He's not acknowledging me through the problems I need to fix. He's not acknowledging me through what I, I just failed to do or I forgot. He's not acknowledging me after the old man. He'll never acknowledge you after the sin nature of the flesh. He'll never know you that way. He knows you after the Spirit. He knows you in Christ. And the purpose of Christ is to demonstrate the love of God to the world. The purpose of Christ is to put a rest into mankind to know I am loved. Those cease from this earthly labor of always trying to fix someone, myself or another, or, or earn something else, or, or put a demand on something else, But the love of God is the assurance that I got it. I got that loves me, the one that loves me has me. And so the roar of the Holy Ghost is a constant reminder. It is truly a roar. You are loved. 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 And there is no greater revelation than you are loved. Last night as I was laid in bed, and I'm like, Lord, how would I even put this 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 this, this message together? It was like the thought came to me, the simplest moment of the gospel and the most profound moment of the gospel is the love of God. The love of God is the simplest understanding that we ever have is I am loved. And the most profound understanding is I am loved. Especially when I know, unfortunately, many times myself after the flesh, that we are now renewing our mind to be transformed into the image of love himself, the image of Jesus. In this process of transformation, we're constantly letting go of wrong understandings of ourselves and laying hold of the thoughts of God, laying hold of you are accepted in the beloved. You are perfect. I've made you perfect. My love is in your heart now. And through the love, you're being perfected. You're perfected. Love himself is flushing out fear. It's flushing out the inadequacy out the not enough love 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 is all we need to know it's I am loved and from this moment of I am loved there is a propelling of a walk of a great assurance a boldness a courage a determined walk in the purpose and the plan of God because there's no fear there's no fear in love what holds us back from walking out the plan of God is fear what holds us back from stepping deeper into the things of God, it's fear.
1: What, what is draining
0: our strength on a regular basis, even today, in the world we're living out? it's fear. But in love, who He is, and that's why it is a roar. It is a violence in the spirit, if I can use the word, and yes, I will. It is the greatest violence and dominion in the spirit, the love of God. If there is anything that you know regarding your authority in Christ, is that you are loved today. And when you know you're loved, you won't put up with fear. You won't put up with intimidation. You won't put up with voices that are calling you back by your old name. You would not tolerate it because you know your worth is Christ's life now. You know who you are is a brand new creation after the manner of God who is love. And now I live in love. I live in a moment of peace with my Father through the cross. I have peace with God. And what does the cross represent? The very love of God. That God so loved the world that he sent his son, why? To die on a cross for you and for me. They will never have to struggle again in my love. All we have to behold is the cross of Christ. All I have to behold is that he did indeed die. And that's why I love Paul's writing because his I. I endeavored to know nothing but Christ and him crucified. That crucifixion was the life that he laid down for you and for me. That crucifixion, that nailing on the cross, that he from that moment cried out, Father, forgive them. What kind of a love is that? And he would not forgive you and me now. He has forgiven us. He has forgiven us. I'm so stirred up. I'm so stirred up because the roar that we think, it's not one that you're going to like, okay, now now we're going to bring that principality. We're going to bring that little devil and that big devil. No, it's knowing I'm love. And when I walk in this love dominion, oh, it all bows down to the name of Jesus. Because I am now Jesus in flesh made manifest through my new birth, through my new birth in the spirit, in my old man, in the flesh. I count for nothing. But in the new birth, like Paul says, who lives in me now? It's Christ. No longer I who live. But Christ lives in me. And when I know myself and I start recognizing him in me, when I start recognizing, wow, love, the one who died for me lives in me. Ha! What a moment of knowing I'm accepted. What a moment of knowing that I am now a temple of love himself. I'm the temple of this mighty roar of I am God's beloved. And I love the apostles, how they start their letters, beloved. They finish their letters with beloved. We are the beloved of God. And so today, beloved, beloved. That's why we're to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. It is coming from a revelation of I am loved. It is not an egotistical, selfish moment of exalting myself above another, but it's really the greatest humbleness of one's life to lay my life down to represent the love of God to another. Because I know I'm loved. I know he laid down my life, his life for my life. Let's go to Matthew Matthew eleven. I have some verses that are being turned around, so let's let's just follow the roar of the Holy Spirit. How about that? Woo-hoo. Matthew eleven eleven. Actually, is it Matthew eleven? Let's see. I think there's one in John thirteen also. Let's see which one will come first. Let's go towards Matthew eleven. Right. Okay, put your finger, Matthew 11. Let's go to John 13. We're going to do both. John 13, I believe it's 34. The words of Jesus. A new commandment I give to you. A new commandment I give to you. A new commandment I give to you. This is our new covenant. A new commandment I give to you. This is a new covenant that is in his flesh and in his blood. This is a new covenant that was based on a death. This is a new covenant that is based on a life being laid down for us. He's saying a new commandment I give you. I give you my flesh and I give you my blood. This is the new commandment. The new commandment is flesh and his blood and his flesh and blood are the very love of God. Because he so loved us that he gave that son to us. That his flesh be broken as bread is broken and his blood be poured out as wine is being poured out. He said, so Jesus, a new commandment I give to you. That you love one another. That you love one another as I have loved you. That you also love one another by this by this, by this love, by this roar that we now have the Holy Ghost to constantly remind us that we are loved. That we are to love one another as He has loved us. As He has given us commandment, we love because we have been loved. But this all will know that you are my disciples, that you represent me, that you are my disciples, that you have learned of me. And Jesus, I am meek and I am lowly. Come and learn of me, that we can come and learn of the love that he had for us, which was a love that laid down his love. It was a lowly and meek expression of the mighty power of God, who is love. Oh, what a demonstration of power. And might to have divine life and to lay down his life for another. What, what, what more do we do? We want to be proved to us that we are loved. He has come like like the book Paul to Philippians talks about that he unrobed divinity. He he humbled himself and became a man and died the death of a cross. The death of the cross. What a brutal death! What a death he he gave and he. He demonstrated so that we will know that he loved us. And because we know that he loved us, we are to love one another. And this is how the world will know that we are his disciples if we have love one for another. And I can assure you do have love one for another. We have the Holy Ghost in Romans Romans um. 5 Paul writes that the Holy Ghost has, has been poured out in our hearts with the love of God. The love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. And so we have this roar. We have this love. We have this dominion of the love of God. We have this 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 demonstration of power through loving another. There's no greater power to love but to love another. There's no greater power but to walk alongside one and to demonstrate the very love of God. And that is the most supernatural act that you ever do. It's an act of kindness. we're looking for the signs and the miracles, they'll follow us when we're moved in this roar of a love for another. We so want to see the healed be restored. It's the love of God that brings forth the healing and the restoration. It is the broken body of Jesus that He broke that we behold now. Love. Love was broken on the cross. So be, he be poured out towards us. So we now have this divine zoe life, this eternal life, eternal love life to demonstrate to another, to lay hands on the sick and to see them recover. Why? Because he has so loved us. Because he has so loved us. And so, yeah, there are moments when in this, in this transformation walk that we are on in Christ as a believer, as a born-again child of God, that there are moments of the old man that is still being reconciled to the new nature. That there will be sad moments. There will be moments where we, you know, memories. But I'm telling you, if you continue this walk of Christ, if you continue, and we are continuing in this walk, there's only victory. There's only, there's only one level of glory to another. And no matter what it seems like, less and less it affects us, less and less. You know why? Because the love of God is supposed to affect them. The love of God in me is supposed to be moved out through me to the world. Not for me to receive from the world, but for me to give to the world as he so freely gave his life. Not to condemn. Not to judge in the wrong manner, but to discern and be bold for Jesus and his gospel. Okay, let's, I'll come back to Matthew 11. I, I, uh, since we're in John, I wanted to look at John 3. You must be born again to understand the love of God. You must be born again. John 3 3, Jesus said to Nicodemus, the ruler of the Jews, Jesus said to this ruler of the Jews, of his own people, Jesus spoke. And you know, when he speaks to a ruler, he's really addressing all those that are under his, his authority. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, unless you are born again, He cannot see the kingdom of God. How how do you get born again? You believe with your heart that Jesus has risen from the dead, you confess with your mouth unto salvation, a new creation, you become at that moment. And then go back, then we go to verse 5. Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. There's no entry in the kingdom without the new birth. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. And don't marvel that I say to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the spirit. We don't fully understand why we're loved in the natural man. And yet, God says, you're loved. We don't fully understand why he had to come die for us. And yet, by revelation, we understand that without his death, we will never know what it is. How vast and great and, 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 and immense was this divine love that he wanted to have fellowship with us. Sometimes, sometimes, I don't even like being in our company. Just the way you are. Just the way you are, Desi. Just the way you are, so it's Just the way you are. Verse 12. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? How, how will you believe the love of God if you do not understand? That you don't understand the earthly, and that you don't even perceive through a natural course of events that you are loved. When the sun shines, a new birth, the, the birth of a child, uh, just, there's some spectacular wedding day, just spectacular moments. And then here, verse 14, and as Moses was lifted up, As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God, what, so loved the world For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have a lasting life. What are we to believe when we see the Son? When we see the Son, when we see Jesus, we're to believe that God loves us because He sent His Son. Father God sent His Son to demonstrate how much He loves us. And so there's no higher revelation than the revelation of the love of God to know that I am loved of today, verse seventeen. God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world. God is not a condemner. God is not a a a a a judgmental judge. God is a lover. God is an acceptor through Christ. God, God, God is the the perfecter of all things in our lives. He's not. He didn't send His Son to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved. And then we see here in 19 that many rejected him. Why did they reject him? Because men love darkness rather than light. Because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light. How sad is that? Hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But today, let's say deeds be exposed so we can receive more of the love of God. But he who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in God. When we come into the light, we recognize that strife is over now. And all the evil deeds that we actually were doing really for self-gratification, it was for self-validation, they are evil deeds. But when you come before God, you recognize, oh, I don't have to do that anymore. I am loved. I don't need to do another evil deed to prove to the world and to myself that I am loved. I don't need to do another act of unkindness to be able to receive some sort of attention to validate my flesh. No, no. In the light, we only receive the love of God. In the light, we only receive the love of God Let's go to uh, Romans, Romans 5, 8. A lot of these verses we've read over and over, and it just, we're going to keep reading them over and over. But God demonstrates his own love towards us but god demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners while we were still sinners christ died for us this is a demonstration of the love of god this is how god the wise one chose to demonstrate his love it was no not it was not a point of correction it was not a point of you are going to hell it was a point of a demonstration of his son dying to, for us like He could have chosen so many ways to demonstrate who God is. And yet he chose, he chose to demonstrate that love by Christ dying for us while we're still sinners while we're still caught in the snare of sin, while we're still really enjoying the pleasure of that sin nature, while we're still under the dominion of Satan, while we're still wretched in the sight of God, while we're well-deserving of the wrath of God, God died to show us this love that he is towards us. So so what? Verse 9, Much more then, having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. glory be to God in ten for when we were enemies, we were reconciled if we, when we were enemies we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more. now, how much more, much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his love by his life. If we just glance over in chapter four verse twenty five regarding Jesus, he he was delivered. Up because of our offenses, he died for our sin. <laughs> he died for my wrongdoing. That—that k- k- uh, that is really where, like, what he died for me having done wrong. I should be—I should take that penalty. But love takes off the burden off of you. Love, love unburdens you. Love removes the weight. Love liberates you. For our offenses, he died. And what? He was raised because of our justification. Because when he was raised up, we together with him were raised up. And what happened that moment? We got newness of life, baby. Newness of life. Brand new life. And yet I was supposed to die for my offenses. I mean, any court, any any judge of the earth, any traditional culture, anywhere, even in the tribal judiciary systems of the, I've grown up in Africa. You do wrong, you pay for it. God, God's love is liberation. God's love is liberation from sin. So we no longer sin. They get all the adulterous ladies, the lady that was caught in the very act of adultery, those those judges, those Pharisees, those religious rulers that went and and, 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 and took her out from the very... I mean, wh- 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 what an evil intent you must have. What a mind to, to catch a woman in the very act of... Where is the man in the very act of adultery? drag her out, most probably half naked, and put her in the feet of Jesus. Put shame on her like that. And what did Jesus say when, when when they all left the presence of Jesus? What did Jesus say? Where are you, accusers? Where are you condemners, lady? He says they're gone. Well, he says, get up. I don't condemn you either. And sin no more. She won't sin anymore. Just encounter the love of God. The due penalty for her was stoning, adultery. The due penalty for that sin was to be stoned publicly. And yet, Jesus, pure mercy. And that's why, that's why, that's why John the Baptist said, you know, I'm not worthy to, 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 to loose your, your sandals. I'm not worthy to untie your sandals, Jesus. How can I baptize you? Now we can go to Matthew eleven eleven. 11. We know the law was given to us as a tutor, until Christ comes. And so John the Baptist was the last prophet of the Old Testament. This is the words of Jesus. Assuredly, I say to you, among those born of women, there has not risen one greater than John the Baptist. But he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Do you know why? Because of the revelation of the love of God. Because if we go now to John 1, glory be to God. John 1, 14. How can you love God? How can you not love God? He first loved us. How can we not love God? He first loved us. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. (laughs) Jesus, the very word of God. The very word of God the Pharisees were using to condemn the very word came and how and demonstrated grace and mercy. You don't ever use the word to condemn another. You use the word to edify yourself and to bring correction to yourself. And from the correction you've received of the Holy Ghost and you live a life that is upright before God because of the blood of Christ and you walk in the love of God, the Holy Ghost knows how to handle everyone else. But this word became flesh and dwelt among us. The very word that stood in front of that lady caught in the act of adultery. I don't condemn you either, but sin no more. Became flesh to demonstrate the love of God. We beheld His glory in the glory of the only-begotten of the Father. Full of what? Condemnation? No, full of grace and truth full of undeserving favor, full of unmerited grace that I could never earn. What is faith? Is, it is by grace, lest anyone should boast. We cannot boast. Abraham has nothing to boast about. It was by faith because Abraham believed he was counted, he, that, that, that faith was counted for righteousness. And so here, Jesus, Came the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John, this is John the Baptist now, bore witness of him and cried out saying, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me is preferred before me. The very love of God is coming. The law has come to an end. The purpose of the tutelage of, of, of the law has been fulfilled. Here is the Christ. Here is the Son of the living God. Here is the love of God demonstrated before you today. And what does the word say? As, as many as, as received Him to them, He gave the right to become children of God. As many as received the love of God. You're born of love today. You're a loved child today. God's little hippie. God's little free one. Be free in the love of God today. John the Baptist said, you know, he who comes after me is preferred before me for he was before me. He is the living word. Before Abraham was, he was. And of his fullness we have all received and grace for grace. For the law was given Through Moses. But grace and truth. Grace and truth. That's exactly what we saw with a lady caught in the act of adultery. I don't condemn you, but sin no more. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten son who is in the bosom of the father, he has declared him. You want to know God? Get to know Jesus. You want to know Jesus? Get to know the Holy Spirit. Get to know the impressions of the Spirit today. Get to, uh, get, get, get to move with the roar of the love of God. Be acquainted with the sound of the Spirit because you always bring to your remembrance who Jesus is and especially in you. If we go to John 14, we've looked at this one before. We know that we have a new commandment, and that's to love one another. He has loved us. In verse 21, this is the words of Jesus. Kila, where do I start? Okay, let's, do, let's go 19. A little while longer, and this is right before Jesus' crucifixion. A little while longer, and the world will see me no more, but you will see me. How will we see him? Through the Holy Spirit. How will we see him? Through the Holy Spirit. Because I live you will also live. At That day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. Who who has a revelation of the love of God, that I am loved and from this love as I love myself with the love of God. I am loving my brethren. He who keeps this commandment of the love of God, which is a revelation commandment, loves me, Jesus says. This is how we love God. We are one with the love of God. It is all to do with the love of God, being one with love. And love is not one direction. So when I release love to another, I'm releasing love to God. And and first John writes about that as well. Uh, John in, in the book of First John. Okay, let's go twenty one. He who has my commandment and keeps them is he who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father. So now we're receiving as we are loving another one, as we're loving another, we are actually being loved right back by the Father. Do you see the oneness of of the love of God? You'll be loved by my Father, and I will love him. And Jesus, too, would love us because they're one. And manifest myself to him. Do you want Jesus to be manifest to you today? It is all to do with this roar of the love of God. It's all to do with the revelation of the love of God. When you know your love, that is your freedom. When you know your love, there is no more bondage. Because bondage has to do with fear. But when you know you're loved and you know you're a child of God, you are free forever. And the greatest contending in place of dominion and authority in his name is to walk in the freedom of the love of God. Because whether it be demons, whatever it be, circumcised, all they're trying to do is to communicate fear. To communicate you're not worthy. To communicate you're not enough. To communicate, and yeah, in myself I'm not enough, but his love is, is overflowing. And so the greatest contending places where we exercise dominion and authority in his name, it is to do with the love of God. And the highest dominion that you can exercise is knowing you're loved. Not in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. And leave that prayer moment totally frustrated because in the name of Jesus a hundred times nothing changed. Nothing changed, nothing changed. You just totally frustrated. Okay, maybe next time. Next prayer time. When you know you're loved, it's in the name of Jesus. It's going to budge. It will budge. Cannot defy love. Cannot defy love. That's why the, the Apostle John, the story of Apostle John, that in, in his late age they tried to kill him, how? By boiling him in, in oil. And he couldn't die. Because they had a revelation of the love of God. He called himself the disciple that Jesus loved. Desi, the one God loves. How freeing is that? Because what does John say in First John? I love the epistles of, of of John. I love the book of John as well. But in First John, here, what does what does John say? verse uh chapter 417 you don't have to go i can just read it we've read it so often love has been perfected among us in this that we may have what boldness how is love perfected by me being timid by me being cowardly how is love perfected huh. that we may have boldness there's nothing uh we like to think love as being mushy and like ah. Uh, uh, it's your backbone the love of God is your backbone and yeah there are moments where you, you, just, you just melt it in the presence of the Lord but when you're out in the world you're standing for Christ in the backbone of the boldness of the love of God that is the roar to have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is so are we in this world as he is love. I'm love here. There's no fear in love, but perfect love, this great boldness. How is love perfected through boldness? He's saying perfect love, which is that boldness we just read in verse 17. What casts out fear? How do you drive devils out? Loving another, but loving another. Every prayer you pray for another is a prayer of the love of God towards another. Every kind word you talk and you you share it with another, it is the very love of God coming through you for another. Every, every act of giving that you, you do, it is a token of the love of God to another. And this is how we cast out fear. Because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect, matured, fully grown in the love of God. We love him because he first loved us. And so now if you go back to John 14, 23, Jesus answered them and said, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father who sent me. And then we see now the Holy Spirit in chapter 16, verse 13. However, you can see how it is exactly the same intent in the language. However, when He, the Spirit of truth, has come, He will guide you into all truth, exactly the same Movement of Jesus on earth to guide us and lead us into all truth because he is the word of truth. We now have the Holy Spirit doing exactly the same, guiding us into all truth. He will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. He will speak just like Jesus spoke from the Father's declarations. He will tell you things to come, verse 14. He will glorify me. For he will take of what is mine. He will take of what is mine. What is of Jesus? The very love of God. The very love that he has with the Father. He will take of what is mine and he will, he will declare it to us. He will glorify me for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has in your mind. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. If we go to John 17 now, I'm wrapping it up. Let's see. John 17, 22. Well, let's let's do 20, better context. Again, Jesus' words, his prayer. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their words. He's praying for us right now to believe on him through the word of the disciples that they all may be one as you father are in me and i in you that they also may be one in us that the world may believe that you sent me how did jesus tell us in john in john 13 that the world will know that we're his disciples by the love we have one for another right and the glory which you gave me, I have given them, that they may be one just as we are one. I in them, you in me, and they may be made perfect in one. Perfect in one. But we, we looked about love perfected. Knowing I'm loved, I'm one with my Father. It's what the gospel is about. The gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, that he came to demonstrate the love of God. That will be now made sons of the living God is in this oneness that we have, which is in the Father, in the Holy Spirit. That the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. Father, I desire that they also that they also whom you gave me may be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which you have given me. For you loved me before the foundation of the world, O righteous Father, the world has not known you, but I have known you, and these have known that you sent me, and I have declared to them your name and will declare it. How will he declare it? Through the Holy Ghost he will declare it, that the love with which you love me, may be in them and I in you. Isn't that amazing? After he says, I'll declare your name to them, he says that the love that you had for me is in them too. His name is love. God is love. And that's why the Holy Ghost is declaring to us that we are loved. (sighs) Loved. It's so shallow when I say these things outside of a revelation, the depth of the love of God. And so I pray, Father, today, the ones you've led to listen to this message, Father, let the revelation of the love of God be made manifest to them. May they know, Father, that they are truly one with You, that they truly have been accepted, that You, Father God, are working a work of transformation from glory to glory, That is taking them on this path of love, of love, not just for themselves, but to also love another. Thank you, Holy Father. Glory be to God. We are done for the day. Yay. Amen.